Welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Here to talk all things hockey are your hosts, Brad Crisco, Ryan Hanna, and Evan Lobsinger. Who knew you could just declare rebuilds over? I would have said Detroit should have done that a long time ago. Instead of going through all this, it would have been way easier. See, I have some thoughts. Evidently. None of them are positive. Don't know if I want to start the episode like that. Okay, maybe we'll save it. (laughs) (laughs) We'll save the rebuild. Although it is rebuild, slander, and negativity. Not about the Red Wings. Fair. Because that hasn't been the case for actually quite some time. This is fair. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll save that for later. After we get through some some fun news, we got we got some fun housekeeping stuff to go through first. Yeah, that's true. Uh, welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast. I am one of your hosts who's actually here today, Ryan Hanna. I am mostly here, Brad Crisco, and and in place of Evan, we have our uh, bobblehead Ken and Mick speaking. Holy I don't know if the mics picked that up, but it was the uh, Ken or Mick's holy mackerel. Do you know how weird it is that we've got a bobblehead of Ken Daniels between us for this episode, and yet we actually have Ken Daniels on this episode? Yeah, we just got off the horn with Ken like 20 minutes ago. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Evan's uh, not able to make it today. Uh, We won't bore you with the uh, hot tub details. I wish I was kidding yet again. Um, Also, it's Kat's birthday. Happy birthday, Kat. Yeah, happy birthday, Kat. We don't know why you do it. Um, <laughs> but no, like Brad said, fun episode today on the Winged Wheel Podcast. We have, uh, you know, for a slow news day, we should be appreciative. This summer is really going our way in terms of news. So for a slow hockey news week, there is quite a bit of, of fun stuff to talk about. Um, first and foremost is the Winged Wheel Podcast night at the LCA. Those tickets are now live. We'll be chatting more about that in a second. We have uh, an interview with, I mean, at this point, it's just a recurring conversation with Ken Daniels, uh, which we always love to do, where we talk about everything from the doldrums of summer to the Red Wings rebuild to a lot of great stuff in support of the Jamie Daniels Foundation. Uh, a little bit of news about Red Wings training camp and the prospect tournament. Um, some opportunities to take pot shots at the Ottawa Senators. Oh, I thought you were going to say me there for a sec. Uh, yeah, no, actually, we'll, we'll we'll get to that as well. <laughs> do we have to? <laughs> yes, we do, because I need everyone to have the weaponized information to make fun of Brad Crisco. <sighs> and uh, yeah, we'll get into overtime. Uh, but before we do that. Uh, as usual, I do want to bring everyone's attention to an organization that we're very, very um, happy and, and proud to partner with, which is the Jamie Daniels Foundation. The more we talk about substance use disorder, the faster we can end the stigma and get support to those in need. The Jamie Daniels Foundation is a children's foundation initiative, and it was established in memory of Jamie Daniels and founded by Jamie's father and Red Wings lead announcer, Ken Daniels, and Jamie's mother, Lisa Daniels Goldman. They strive to end the stigma of substance use disorder and provide support to those struggling with the disease or who are in recovery to learn more and offer your support visit jamiedanielsfoundation.org on the same vein winged wheel podcast night at the lca so i know we've been talking about this for some time but just a refresher for anyone who maybe isn't aware uh or you know is aware and just likes to hear us talk about it uh it's a uh it's an event that we are like legitimately over the moon and thrilled to be partnering with the red wings to run Uh, it's going to be winged wheel podcast night at little caesars arena for the november 13th red wings versus montreal canadians game uh so buying a ticket to this event gets you obviously a ticket to the game 
you're going to be seated in one of many Winged Wheel podcast sections. At first, we thought it might be section, but uh, interest dictated a pluralization there. Many sections. Uh, there's going to be a pregame meetup uh, in the Little Caesars Arena with myself, Brad. Yes, even Evan. Yes, you can hound him for autographs. No, I will not let him make you pay for one because that's what he'll try to do to get to dissuade you from you, doing it. You know what? We encourage you to ask Evan for <laughs> autographs. The great thing is Evan's not going to listen to this. Evan hates attention and Evan doesn't want to sign autographs. So I could think of nothing better for this event than having a lineup in front of Evan for autographs. <laughs> Truly would make us extremely happy and would be very satisfying for us. It would be the best part of the event for me. Even more fun, somehow even more fun than Evan uh, being forced to sign autographs. Ken Daniels is going to come around uh, and say hello during that pregame meetup. So it's an opportunity for a little meet and greet with Ken as well. Uh, there's going to be merch. We'll have some prizes. We'll have uh, obviously the stickers and swag for people uh, who are coming out as well. And uh, there's going to be a live episode recording. So the details as to the timing of the live episode pre or post, we're still working that out. Uh, just some of the difficulties of not actually being able to get over to the arena right now make it harder but uh, there will be a live episode recording um it's going to be a blast and you know big shout out to everyone who are working with over at the detroit red wings and, and to the organization uh this is really really you know a dream come true for us and i think the most important part of all this is a portion of every ticket sold is going to benefit the jamie daniels foundation so um if you don't like us meatheads and you have no interest in seeing us at all, uh, you get a discounted ticket because there is a, a discount on those tickets and uh, you benefit a phenomenal cause. So if anything, it just gives you an excuse to sit like seven rows back and yell at us. Yeah. <laughs> to look at the back of our heads and uh, make comments about my receding hairline. I'm already mentally preparing for the abuse I'm going to receive that night. Well, worth it and all in good fun, I hope, but yeah. I'm I'm ready. I got physically slapped at the last one. Yeah, the, Jen might do that again. It's her birthday. I, I'm willing to bet that Rowan's already paid her to do it. Like <laughs> I just don't know the amount. He can't be there physically, but he'll sure be there, period. No, he can't be there physically, but he'll be there physically. That's Yeah, that's absolutely right. <laughs> uh, the link to that to purchase tickets will be in the description of this episode. It will also be on wingedwheelpodcast.com slash blog. It'll also be on our Twitter feed. It's going to be everywhere. Um, we probably should mention that this is the first time we're really pumping this and the tickets that we have allocated are almost sold through Yeah, as well. So probably don't wait if you can. <laughs> yeah. We might ha have to actually expand it at the current moment in time and we're not fully sure by how many <laughs> so or how many we can. So yeah, we're... The, I, we put this up on a Friday night, which isn't a good time to post anything, but we were, no, we were just Steve Eisenman news dump strategy. <laughs> like, why didn't we do that? <laughs> we were just excited to get it out because we know you guys were interested in, in getting tickets. And two, two days later, not even, um, yeah, we are here with m m the majority, like heavy majority of those tickets already being sold. So 75% gone. So yeah, get get those fast. Um, we'll look at opening more, but, um, Hey, the more this, the better this does, the more of these we can do in the future. Uh, also with enough tickets sold, there's going to be some branded merch as well. Red wings, wing wheel podcast crossover merch. So more and more motivation. Anyways, anyhow, uh, get those tickets, any questions, pass them along to us. And, uh, we can't tell you how excited we are to a, see everyone watch some red wings, hockey, B, watch some Red Wings hockey and C, uh, watch Brad get slapped. 
Always a good time. Okay. This is going to be the year of me getting smacked around. I can feel it. It sure is. Uh, there, We mentioned earlier that uh, there's a lot to talk about this episode other than uh, what we just mentioned. But first, we want to jump into our what? I just had the perfect pun and I missed it. And I've never been more disappointed in myself as a dad. And it's your one role for as a podcast host. Is I have to, failed. Yeah. I'm going to get rocked. It was right there. Brad has... I, it was right there and I missed it. <laughs> Brad has signed on to play right wing for the Alora Rock. Rock or Rocks? Rocks. Alora Rocks um, of the WOSHL. Hey, you remembered. Which is a newly formed league, uh, which is uh, really fun. It's, you know, local to our region and it's some pretty good hockey. Like you got some XOHL guys, BCHL guys. NCAA guys. NCAA. A couple then- Euro guys who play had a trip in Europe. And Brad. <laughs> and me. <laughs> I am here for some reason. I uh, don't know how I made this team, but uh, hey, all our games are streamed, so y'all can uh, laugh at me. There, you have, You're a very polarizing podcast host. Pe- the comments we get are people who just aggressively love you or people who are like, Ryan, I will literally pay you $10 to hit Brad this episode. Yeah, yeah. There's no in between. So all of you will like this. Yeah, because... Uh, those of you who like me be like, oh, wow, good for you. You made this really tough league. This is super impressive. Like, And then the rest of you are going to go, wow, you are the worst player on the ice. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have to save my criticism for until you're actually playing because you saw how rusty I was when we got on the ice. And so we I, all were. I popped my groin the first shift. Yeah, that's fair. That's bad. I did step on a stick to do it, but I also think a couple more strides and what happened naturally. <laughs> Uh, but no, that's uh, genuinely good for you. That's going to be really awesome. And I will have no sympathy for how tired you are when we're recording. So, Oh, it's going to be. Thankfully, our home games are Friday night. So doesn't overlap with the podcast. That was a relief. Yeah, that's good. Um, okay. We love having Ken Daniels back on the show. It's uh, shooting the breeze with Ken about hockey and, and uh, you know, how Evan should be paying someone to fix his pool and everything in between is great way to pass the time in the summer and, and um anytime we can inject the show with that is i think wonderful for the listeners we know you guys all love hearing uh hearing from ken so without further ado to chat about the event to chat about some more uh opportunities to benefit the jamie daniels foundation and to look uh at the red wings this upcoming season uh here's ken daniels lead announcer for the detroit red wings enjoy Okay, Ken, uh, this one was a little frustrating to get set up. I'm sorry we couldn't get the picture working, but thanks for joining us again on the podcast. Well, I was never told I had the best face for radio, but uh, we'll use that line and say we're okay. No problem. <laughs> it's a pretty low bar on this podcast, though. So if anyone ever still ships you that line, know that you'll always have a home here. No, I just refer them. I, thank you, but I just refer them to Ken Cal, and I leave it at that. <laughs> Uh, everyone, we are, we are joined again by a friend of the podcast, Red Wings lead announcer, Ken Daniels, uh, who thankfully took some t- time away from the pool today. I know it's been a busy uh, summer for you. Uh, Ken, thanks for joining us. How's your summer going? Well, in the middle of moving, uh, yeah, it, it's been a, a little crazy and we had to rent somewhere in between for a month because we let the people from whom we bought stay there for three months and um, in a market that was uh, is crazy here in Michigan. 
uh, finally. So we uh, sold at the right time and I think bought at the right time and that all happened within a day. That was crazy. And then we rented for a month and here we are, boxes all around. We got some work to do in the place, but it'll be great if we ever finish it. So pretty, pretty good, pretty busy. <laughs> well, uh, congrats on the house. Um, you, well, we, we also know that uh, we were chatting with you before, uh, who you affectionately refer to as Shea Weber's also not here because he's working on his new home. So it seems to be a trend, uh, with, uh, with the Red Wings folks lately. Well, the old, well, I'm, I'm smarter than Shea because I hire people to do it, but, uh, thank no. you. Yeah. I, thank I'd you. Be, I'd be useless doing it myself. So. It would, although I, I hadn't had a pool before, and now that I have one, I've actually over the we've only been in here about five weeks, but I've actually you know with some videos that the the previous owner left me, I'm actually figuring out what to do, and I I think I got it down pat, and then then ultimately when we redo it, we're converting from chlorine to salt water, so I'll have to learn all that over again. But uh, I, I do manage to get people to do it because I would just ruin it. And it seems so far from the pictures that uh, our good pup Jack Daniels is enjoying it so far. Yeah, we weren't sure, but you know he loves to go in lakes, and he'll go on my wife's paddleboard, and she'll go for miles, and uh, he'll just sit on there, jump off, jump on. We weren't sure about the pool, but he just took to it, and he loves just hanging out. So yeah, it's pretty good. That's awesome. All right, so the big uh, we have a couple pieces of bigger news uh, that um, I mean Ken is here to to chat with us about before we jump into Red Wings hockey and the first one actually is about Red Wings hockey the uh, winged wheel podcast night event at Little Caesars Arena November 13th the Red Wings versus Montreal Canadiens tickets are now uh, available for purchase and <laughs> flying off the shelves and the major piece of this is that a portion of proceeds from each ticket is going to benefit the Jamie Daniels Foundation and uh, you also will have a chance to catch a glimpse of Ken uh, at the pregame meetup at the arena. I'm looking forward to that. And I thank you guys uh, for doing this. It was a surprise to me, but that is awesome that you did it. And even more awesome that the fans want to take part uh, in this. So I'll certainly uh, drop by prior to the game, try to make as much time as possible. And uh, if I can coerce Mick on original six Montreal night, uh, to come there as well. Uh, we'll, we'll do that too, but, uh, can't promise that. But, you know, I don't like to ask them things too far in advance because then I'll have to remind them later anyway. So we'll, we'll be fine. I'll see what I can do. Oh, Brad, he looks, he sounds like he'd fit in with us as well. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like we have the same problem pretty routinely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But he's, uh, once, once, uh, on the day of, yeah, he, he remembers. So it's, it's all good. You know, we all have so many things going on and, and I have so many speaking engagements and now even me and I, I, I tell people now and I'm pretty organized, but with the move and everything else, do me a favor, text me the day before. I mean, I've got it in my calendar. It shows up on my phone. I know I'm not going to forget, but just as a backup, there's that and the little sticky notes all over the place, uh, just to remind me in the midst of things until I get totally organized. So. I get it. Everybody's got a lot going on these days. Well, speaking of lots going on, uh, aside from that event uh, to benefit the Jamie Daniels Foundation, there's also another big one happening in November, uh, the annual Celebrity Roast. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Well, we're roasting Brett Hull, probably reluctantly. But, you know, when when things... Oh, only because Brett doesn't like to go anywhere that he doesn't have to. So doing it virtually was perfect. And, you know, when I was golfing with some folks and even from Bally Sports back in June, and they said, you know, everything's going to be open up in July. 
you guys could do this live again because remember we roasted Mickey in 2019 and then last year um, Scotty Bowman virtually and on Bally Sports Detroit and on YouTube where it still lives and our foundation site if, if some haven't seen it yet. And uh, we thought, boy, I don't know if we can go live. I know it's June, but then you've also got to book things out, get people in, sell the tickets and tables. And I just thought, I don't know. And then as it turns out, like you guys wouldn't even be able to come from Canada, right? So you can't get across the border. I was across the border this summer. Canadian citizen came in, vaxxed, did my test, went on the app, did the whole thing. But my friends, family that are from Canada, brother in Calgary, family in Toronto, friends in Toronto and all over who would join us, that wouldn't even be coming. And it probably would have happened two weeks ago because we would have had it done it before camp. So I thought virtual, as it turns out, was the right decision to make. Would we all love to be live? For sure. And we're already working on something for 2022 at some point um, as well for the, the fourth celebrity roast. But right now we're roasting Brett Hull. It'll run on Monday, November 22nd on Bally Sports. Detroit and on jamiedanielsfoundation.org and on YouTube through Jamie Daniels Foundation. So we're roasting Brett Hull. Uh, those taking part, first and foremost, Steve Eisenman, uh, Dennis Hull, his uncle, who's one of the best after dinner speakers. I don't know if you've ever heard Dennis Hull. I've heard him so many times, but he just cracks me up and he cracks himself up. That's the best part about Dennis is his infectious laugh at his own jokes. And it just makes you laugh. So this is more of storytelling of Brett. Darren Pang is going to emcee the roast portion of it. And Cintron Energy Drinks has come on as a supporter of the roast portion. Delta Dental for a third consecutive year is uh, sponsoring the, is our major sponsor for the entire night. So Dennis Hull, Steve Eisenman, Darren Pang, Ken Hitchcock, who won a cup with Brett in 99, Kelly Chase, Garth Butcher, Brian Burke, who was his first agent, are all taking part in what will be a story time, and there should be many of those. So we'll record that on Tuesday night. Knock wood that all goes well with that, with the recording of, you know, you get eight or nine people on there. Chris Pronger was going to take part. I think he's got a conflict. But I think that's a pretty good day, all in all to have on there to roast Brett Hall. And there were just so many stories. I think it's more than just jabs. It's just stories that Brett is just front and center of so many of them. And uh, he's living uh, in Nashville now, I believe, involved in the golf business and sales of homes. And and so is um, uh, Kelly Chase, I believe, and, uh, you know, with clients. And that's what they're doing nowadays. So it's it's gone pretty big. So that, that'll take place Tuesday. Uh, I don't know when this is airing, but we'll record that on the 14th of September. And then the uh, actual roast will run November 22nd surrounding our mission and the Jamie Daniels Foundation and an absolutely fantastic silent auction, which should be up starting early November at jamiedanielsfoundation.org and through GiveSmart, uh, the apps on your phone. So you can start bidding then. We'll get more details to you before then and at your event, which will run before that as well at Little Caesars. And from, I mean, golf stay and play packages and restaurants and Barry Sanders signed football, we have Shaquille O'Neal's signed size 22 shoe. It's amazing. <laughs> size 22 shoe as Maxwell Smart Don Adams on the old Get Smart show would have said, that's a really big shoe. 
Yes, it is a really big shoe. We've uh, got, I believe, what else? we've got a Brett Hall signed jersey and uh, Cabrera baseball signed. It's just so many items. And a Steve Eisenman signed Red Wing electric guitar. We've got uh, Wayne's going to sign it in a couple of days. Uh, we've got a Nielsen Chocolates did a thing with Wayne Gretzky. Um, I don't know how many years ago, maybe back in the 80s. And it's a sheet of all his hockey cards through Nielsen, um, uncut, that he's going to sign for us. And uh, we'll attempt to get that framed. I don't know how to do it yet because there's a front and a back to it. Uh, we'll also have with uh, this Red Wing group all signed, this Red Wing team on the side, one of those hockey stick chairs that my good friend Tony Gatliff, who's uh, very big in the uh, wood business and uh, what he does, and uh, he makes a chair for us every year. And uh, he's doing one this year made out of hockey sticks. They used to do all wood. Now they have to do graphite because you can't find the wood sticks anymore. A little harder with the splinters to navigate, you know, graphite sticks to make a, a chair out of it. But on the sides of the chair with the Red Wing logo, the current team will, will all be signed on there and some alumni as well on the other side. So pretty cool items. That That's just a few of them. We're getting them in as we come. But uh, I think you guys will love it. So we'll keep you posted. I'm curious, whoever wins the Shaq shoe, do they buy that to display it or use it as a canoe? Uh, you could use it as a canoe. Good point. Yeah, you could <laughs> use it as a canoe. The thing is, so it, it's a replica of the shoe that he played with. I, I, you know, Darren Pang, who's working with the TNT this year, was down there and he put on Shaq's jacket in the picture that he posted online. And Darren, as I say, is emceeing the roast portion of the show. And uh, just to me, it was huge on him. It was just so funny. And to see the shoe and and standing next to it, it's amazing to see it. But it's a display on his own. I don't think you want to put it in a case because people want to handle it. But uh, it's uh, blue and white and uh, pretty awesome. If we had video today, I, I could show it to you. But uh, maybe next time if it's still here at the house. So. Pretty cool. All right, folks, you heard it here. Lots coming up. The uh, Wind Wheel Podcast Night event, the Celebrity Roast, and the Silent Auction. Again, uh, the link will be in the bio of this episode as well. Check out jamiedanielsfoundation.org as always. So, uh, Ken, we were chatting a little bit and uh, we were talking about what the doldrums of summer bring. And aside from, you know, Netflix and discovering new shows, uh, hockey is close to returning. You know, we're talking about training camp coming up soon, and uh, we're starting to see sightings of Moritz Sider and Lucas Raymond and Jonathan Berggren uh, in Detroit, in in the Michigan area. Uh, what's that like for you? How's the excitement and the buzz around the team right now? Well, there's buzz, but not being around them. I mean, I speak with some of the guys, with uh, Dylan and Tyler during the summer. Uh, I know they've been skating, whether it be out, in, in Troy or wherever they are, um, and getting ready for camp. I mean, Moritz Sider isn't going to be in the prospect camp, which he shouldn't be because that would be sort of useless. But I think, I think there's good buzz. And I, you know, everyone asks me, you know, how are they going to be? And I keep saying they're going to be a heck of a lot better, a lot more competitive. Um, goal alone, if Nadelkovic can do what you think he can do. And I think Thomas Grice, who didn't get any goal support last year uh, when he played, should have a little bit more of that. So I think that's a good tandem. Uh, they're eight deep on the blue line. 
in terms of if someone gets hurt, they've got guys to fill in and you're not relying on Troy Stetcher to play in a, a top four role necessarily anymore. You hope to Kaiser, you know, with a, another year can be a little stronger and just, you know, when you have back surgery and certain nerves are hit, then your legs aren't as strong. But over time, I think he developed a little better. And, you know, I mean, we can talk about, you know, up front and Verana for a whole year. So I, I think all that, there is buzz. Again, when people ask me, I say playoffs are still a year or two away, but just not so much of where Detroit is, but where other teams are ahead of them. I mean, let's be honest, you look at the division, you look on the other side too, even without, even with Pittsburgh not having Crosby and Malkin to start, I mean, who knows? But still, there's just so many teams that are frankly better to get into the playoffs. So it's, Detroit can be a lot better too, but they're also playing teams who have improved. So the points may be tougher to come by. But I think in all the games, certainly there's more to look forward to, excitement to watch the prospects as, as you were speaking of, and how the team's going to be competitive, I think, most nights this year. Now, I'm glad you brought that up because it was fascinating listening to Pierre Dorian's Q&A in Ottawa after he signed his extension because he proclaimed in Ottawa the rebuild's over. They play in the same division as Detroit, have all the same challenges, and to most people in the hockey world, they felt they were on the same timeline as the Red Wings were. So they made it very, very clear that this isn't it anymore. And with Detroit, I think everybody can agree going into the season, they're better. Nedeljkovic should be an upgrade. Pew Suter and Nick Letty are obvious upgrades on the players they're replacing. And they're going into this season probably not feeling like a bottom feeder, but based on the division they're in, are they or are we expecting them to still be playing meaningful games come January, February, rather than we know the season's over in November? Well, it depends on you. Well, I, I know what your definition and for Red Wing fans, what meaningful means. Uh, to me, I look at from day one, to me, meaningful is being in the game and not getting your doors blowing off. That means something. That means you're progressing. That means the kids are taking a next step. That means the kids are seeing what can be done without the prospect of, oh, another loss, oh, another loss, oh, another bad loss, another bad loss. So to me, that's what meaningful is. You're taking that next step and end to a means. So meaningful games in the second half of the season, I think they all mean something. But I just don't see meaningful for the playoffs. I think we can put Buffalo behind Detroit. Um, are they a bottom five team or a bottom 10 team? I think that's the question. To me personally, if the Red Wings are competitive and they win quite a few more games than last year, and I mean, last year was a 56-game season. It's so strange anyway. But if they are on pace to win, to have a much better record um, than they did last year or the year before, much better, I'm saying, I think that says something. And to me, that means a lot because just enjoy. I know this was used by coaches and we've spoken about it in the past. It's the process. It is. Quite frankly, it is. It is the process of getting better. Um, yeah, I can see Ottawa and what Pierre Dorian was speaking of. They got a lot of good young players. I think his move to move out Eric Carlson, 
was dynamic. And you can see what San Jose's got now. Can you imagine the crap San Jose would be in if they ever beat out Toronto and John Tavares wanted to play there at that money? Think how much better Toronto would be, honestly, in, in terms of cap and how they maybe would have filled it. Maybe Nazem Kadri wouldn't have been moved, but he would have been suspended again for a playoff. But think if they had that and Matthews and Kadri and filled somewhere else and didn't have the Tavares and all the salaries up. Now, no one could have predicted a flat cap in a pandemic. I get it. But to me, the Carlson move from Ottawa was outstanding and it just cleared out and gave them room. And you can see what's happening now with San Jose. So is Detroit in a group there, Anaheim, San Jose, Buffalo, all those teams, or do they actually get to number 20 and in that area? Seattle isn't going to be what Vegas was. So I don't know. But if you're playing games that you're competitive in, I don't really know how many I want. I still want. I still want to be in a position for a Shane Wright or somebody else. I really do. You know, if you if you're not going to make it, I say be strong enough to be competitive. Don't get embarrassed. You're going to have some nights. Every team gets embarrassed. Every team gets embarrassed on some nights. Even Tampa gets beaten by teams they shouldn't. But if you're in the games, to me that means a lot. And I would still love another high draft pick, especially down the middle. So then what does a successful season look like for the Red Wings? Because I, I tend to agree with you that the Shane, Light, Shane Wright lottery matters more than the standings this year to the Red Wings. But I, I don't think we can have a repeat of the last two years as fans and as an organization. They got their doors blown off less last year than the previous year. And there was a significant improvement. But that significant improvement felt like it was entirely on the defensive side and propped up a little bit by goaltending. So what is the best outcome here? Because I've said on the podcast numerous times over the last year, there is a reality where the Red Wings improve as a team this upcoming season, but fall in the standings because of the division they're in. So it's kind of an open-ended question, but what is an acceptable season for the Red Wings this year? That... Again, I just say you'll be able to see it by compete. And don't forget, they, the injuries last year, they were without Tyler Bertuzzi for a season. That hurt. Um, Bernier missed a chunk of time, and I think Grice just got overworked and was exhausted, and then the team couldn't score. I think a healthy Tyler Bertuzzi makes Dylan Larkin that much better. Uh, what was behind Dylan Larkin last year? Zero. I mean, you're, you're trying and, you know, Fabry in the middle is a good player, but he's got to get used to that. So what happens? Jeff Blaschel winds up relying on Luke Lindenning to the point in places where he shouldn't be. So now he can't rely on Luke Lindenning anymore. He's gone. So now, and I like Luke a lot and I wish him success in Dallas. And I think it's a, you know, it wasn't a lot of money for Dallas to take him. So I think it's a, it's a good deal. And Darren Helm's not there anymore. So he's going to have to go with the kids. But now all of a sudden with, with behind Dylan, you got Pius Suter. Now, granted, I, I, I don't know if it was 60% of his goals came against Detroit, but, but quite a few did, but you know, take that out. But, but can Pius Suter score 10 or 15? Could he get to 20? I don't know. He's not going to have the same talent around him. Patrick Kane, uh, Debrinket, but Verana's not bad, and Bertuzzi's not bad. If Sedina takes a step forward and Fabry, all of a sudden, you know, you've got some insulation there behind Dylan. 
I guess is my point. So if those guys can all take steps, if Dylan can be healthy, and again, I'm not even sure Dylan can be healthy enough to start the season. I don't know if he's even had contact yet. That's, you know, he, the, the, how that Jamie Ben cross check wasn't even, I'm not, you know, we, we gripe over suspension and what's the big deal. So what? He got two games. Does it really matter? But just the fact that I didn't like it. It just wasn't necessary. Uh, from a guy like Jamie Benn, and that's why I hated it so much. And that that really got Dylan in a bad spot. So I, I hope he's going to be strong enough to start taking the contact now and is ready to go to camp. I know he's skating, feels good, but one thing feel good, and all of a sudden you're ready to start the year. Tyler Bertuzzi had surgery long enough that he's progressing and he's ready to go, which is great news. So that's been fixed. Um, so to me, to answer your question, I think all of it, it's all a step forward. I, I, might they rely on goaltending? They might, but you've got good goaltending to rely on. Your defense is so much deeper and Letty and power play, and you don't have to worry. Can Chalosky take a step? Well, now you've got Letty to take a step. We, we, you know, let's not put too much pressure on Mo Sider, but you've got some insulation for Mo Sider too. Let's see where it goes. Um, so I'm excited about it in that way. I'm not looking at the standings. I don't care about the standings. I really don't care where this team finishes. I really don't. As long as we see compete and knowing this group, I think we will. And I think there'll be closer games this year. And that's the main thing. And I think they're going to surprise you some nights in a great way. Ken, you alluded to this before, and it was the the point about a Shane Wright or, you know, even Connor Bedard or Meechkoff in the, the draft after would be a great for this team. And there's certain things that GMs and coaches will never say out loud. Like Eisman's never going to say, yeah, I, I'm keeping the team a little thinner than I can probably afford this year because there's no point in pushing for a playoff spot if it's not sustainable. What do you think right now about the roster construction? Detroit has essentially a blank slate. Um Whenever Eisman feels like it's time, he could theoretically go big game hunting with the money he has. Do you think there's just a last crack or two here to see if they might drum up some draft lottery luck to push things forward? I think so. Um, sure he could, but what's the use in, in spending now and tied to anything longer term? Just a few contracts beyond this year. Uh, it still could be a flat cap for another year or two or fairly flat. Uh, by the time the escrow is paid back by the players, it could be another three years. Nothing's going to jump out for sure. And fans have to realize that. So Steve's in a great position. I mean, signing Nick Letty, do you move a player like that at the deadline? Now you're getting more draft picks and more kicks at the can. But, you know, if this team were to make the playoffs, even if it's two or three years, whoever you're drafting this year, if it's not a Shane Wright, uh, or of the LQ just mentioned, it's still another probably three or four years down the road or you're getting. And now you're, you know, if you're making the playoffs in three years, you're dropping this year. Now you're five years down the road. So who's going to be here? So you can't look too far down, but I don't think now is the time to be adding crazily for a big name guy. Um, you saw adding Suter, I think is, is a perfect guy to add. I think Letty on the back end, good to add Letty. And it'll help the power play. If you're going to have a power play coach like Tangay, you may also have somebody who can help run it. And I guess Cider can do that too, but you don't want to put all that pressure on him. Verana, how's he going to work Verana? And so we got so many different things to look at. And I think that's exactly what the brass is doing. They're looking at it to see what we got. We got some guys on contracts for a few years, nothing major. We're going to see what we have. And then a year from now, 
Then you decide if you want to add, or even next summer, if you want to add, when's the next step? Who's going to, are you going to add somebody who's a free agent at 28 uh, for big dollars? Well, what's the rest of your team look like that 28 all of a sudden is 31 or 32? Is he going to drive you and get you over the hump? If you're not going to make the playoffs for two years, then two more years, you win a round or two, you're ready to go. But how much older is the guy you just signed a year from now or two years from now? So all that goes into the equation. So if the salaries are good salaries, and Steve showed he did that right in Tampa Bay, and long-term, when you decide to commit to guys long-term, that's great. I'm really, you know, and I look at Dylan Larkin's age, and that poor guy, I hope he can still go as long as he can, and this team will take a jump in three or four years. All of a sudden, when he's approaching 30, you're going to go, where did his career go? So, you know, when I'm on a fine career and he's going to hopefully healthy and get even better. But you're looking at, okay, how is he going to have the best opportunity to win? And I think when you're looking, if Dylan can continue to take steps and be strong and come back from the injury and everything's good, then you see, okay, where's he at? Is he a number two center now? And who can we get in here as a number one to insulate him? And now you've got more depth down the road. Same thing. We, I just, we're talking about Toronto. Same thing. Would Matthews, and if they still had Kadri or whatever move they made, would Tavares really have made a difference? Or you drafting somebody else? Yeah, granted, he scored, what, 47 goals the first year. Well, they still haven't got out. They still haven't advanced. So I think it's the same thing here. Who are you adding? Take Toronto as that example. You moved other players to make room for him, and you're no further ahead, and you just tied yourself to a cap situation you didn't want to be in, and all the boats rose because of the John Tavares contract, and now they're in a bind. I don't think you want to get there, and I don't think they will get to that point, and I think that's smart management. So I'll throw one specific hypothetical for you with some context, just because this is, I think, the boat I'm on right now if it gets to this. So let's assume the Red Wings progress a little bit this year. They're a bottom 10 team. They're, we see a step from Cider in terms of being a top four defenseman. Maybe one of Valeno, Raymond, Berggren shows they're a regular this year. So you get a couple of the young guys and the future core in the mix. The team improves. We can probably reasonably assume they're going to be in the right lottery this year, but they might not be in the bedard Michkov lottery. So they miss out on the Shane Wright lottery. They don't get them. Now, you've got a team that's very clearly ready to take a step. Some of the future core is now on the team and they're still missing that superstar and that solution at center. You got the world of cap space, no long-term contracts, and you've got a who will then be 27 year old Alex Barkov sitting on the market because he has still not been extended by Florida. Is that something you think about? Well, I knew you were going with Barkov. Um, if Barkov wants to win, to me, I'd stay in Florida. They got a pretty good group there, pretty good coach. Um, so does Barkov want to – he'd be a great piece. He's a horse. Barkov is a horse. So, yes, does he – can he bring you all aspects of the game? Undoubtedly. And does a slot Dylan Larkin – in behind for sure. And maybe Valeno, whether it be third or fourth line or wherever you're, you're looking at at that point, wherever else you got coming down the pipe. But I think it's more of a question. Does Barkov want to go to Detroit where he was in Florida three years ago? It's the same thing for him. So if, you know, what do you want to do at that point? Would he be a good? Yes. 
because I, I think Barkov, you know, I remember, and it reminds me of Barkov, but it's not the same. But I remember all the money years ago because he was a, a, a similar horse, but I think Barkov's better because at the time the game was different, was Bobby Holik. And Bobby Holik got huge dollars, which didn't pan out. It was Bobby Holik. Everyone was talking about Bobby Holik. Well, you can talk about Barkov, way different, much better. And yeah, you can't go wrong with him. I really don't think so. Would he be great to have? Yeah. And I don't think he would hurt, for sure not. I think he's a guy you could depend on and slot people in the right spots. Um, and wingers you could have playing with him, and the Red Wings have a plethora of those. Um, I just wonder if Barkov wants to come to a team that's still building. Well, let's chat a bit about um, uh, a couple of prospects that Red Wings fans are going to be looking at really intently this year. First and foremost, obviously Mo Sider, the excitement has only been building ever since the, you know, his pick uh, six overall by Detroit. Um, you mentioned before that the Red Wings shouldn't put too much on him in terms of expectations this season. What about the fans? What what would be reasonable for the fans to expect from Sider? And is there a measure of, hey, let's uh, let's relax on the second coming of Lidstrom uh, um, uh, comparisons right now. Let's let's give the kids some room to um, to adapt to the game. Yeah, I think we should all relax that. And I think if anybody has any qualms about that. Uh, just look at Western New York and the Buffalo Sabres and a guy by Darlene and see who still hasn't popped yet. So let's just wait, because if you remember when Darlene was drafted, there was no defenseman to come along like Darlene in a long time. Maybe not since Ekblad was in Florida. Maybe I'm missing somebody, um, but to that ilk. Um, so, yeah, I think we should relax. But when you're the best defenseman in Sweden and you're playing with men, I'd say that's, that's pretty darn good. So, but every, all rookies, they got their bumps along the way. They're, it's just going to happen. But I think in the right situation and they're going to take some time to find the right partners for him, what's going to work best. But from everything I've seen and everything I hear, just how smart he is, how he can adapt and the physical ability that he has and the confidence that he has. I met him a few years ago. What a, what a wonderful kid um, when he was first drafted by Detroit. And I met him at Little Caesars. Um, we have expectations. Just give it time. Just like the team. Give it time. Enjoy what you're seeing and move along without getting down on anybody and let this year play out. That's what I think we go into every game. Just let it play out. We enjoy calling the game and who knows what we're going to see tonight. On the other fashion, when I used to, you know, go to every game and I said, what am I going to see? How am I going to see Datsuki in tonight? What's Pavel Datsuk going to bring us out of our seats tonight? What's Henrik Zetterberg going to do? And uh, although, you know, some of those years were with Steve and Fedorov, but prior to that, what's Fedorov going to do tonight? What's Hull and Robitaille and Hashi? Those were all fun times from experienced guys. So now let's go to younger guys and say, what are we going to see from Verana? How's he going to excite us tonight so we can see, boy, we won that deal from Mantha. Boy, we did well there. You know, what's Fabry? What's Sedina? Sixth overall. Is he going to take that next step? And, And same with Cider. So let's just see as it goes along and enjoy the season. Fun question for you for you here, Ken, and I'm not sure you'll want to reveal the answer. We had Cronwald. Do you have anything in mind for your first call when Cider demolishes someone? No, we could go with something about momentum or something like that, but 
just off the top of my head. Uh, but no, I really, no, I, I don't yet. So now you're, um, <laughs> now you're getting me to think first time in a few months. <laughs> so, no, I don't have anything yet. We'll, we'll take, uh, we do, why don't you do a fan poll? We'll see what we can do. All right, let's do let's do a podcast uh, fan poll to see what what comes up as the winner here. And uh, all right, last question for you here, Joe Valeno. Um, obviously, has has done a lot of good work, um, you know, coming up through the ranks and is probably a contender, but not a favorite uh, at, for one of the you know roster spots to start the season. What do you think? How does this play out for him to start the season and throughout the year? And, and do you think it's best for him to maybe stick around in Grand Rapids, especially if uh, Raymond and Bergeron end up down there as well? Yeah, I don't think it could hurt him at all. And I would expect, unless Raymond blows the doors off, uh, I think I mentioned to you guys on one of your podcasts a few months back, uh, for Jonathan Ber- Bergeron, I think he's got to learn, you know, the North American ice and not around the perimeter and he can be feisty but get to the inside he can't circle and i i think we we're talking about dylan larkin's first year and around and round on the outside and using that speed i think bergen has to get to the middle and that could take some time so that's some time in grand rapids perhaps but for valeno who uh who showed well overseas uh this past year um he he was projected as a, a third line center in the national hockey league with good speed Really smart player. I think the thing to watch with Joe Valeno is what his, what, at what point can he tap out offensive ability? Can he make those plays in tight to bring him to be a second line center? And that'll take time. So if he starts on the wing, that's fine. And you still got Nemesnikov. If you got, you know, still some depth down the middle, don't overlook Mitchell Stevens and what they did there, there, whom Steve knew from Tampa Bay. And if Stevens can stay healthy, I like him. I do. I like them. So, you know, they had, was it Colton in Tampa? I think was Ross Colton. Ross Colton, yeah. So when it was Mitchell Stevens and Ross Colton, a young player, and he just kept coming and coming, I think really unseated Stevens. And then with injuries, if not, it would have been Stevens. But Colton came on and, and good for him and was an important part of their cup run. But I like Mitchell Stevens. So you've got so much depth there that if Valeno can't take that role and who's going to eat up that, that time where Glenn Denning was relied upon, he's going to get some shot at that, I would think. But if he's on the wing for a while or in Grand Rapids, that's okay. Again, I, I it's a year where with the veteran guys that are gone and not that Nielsen played a lot, he didn't, but with Helm gone and Glenn Denning gone, there are choices now and choices to go younger that are going to benefit the Red Wings in the long run. And Jeff Blasio is going to utilize that. So um, I, that's the thing for Valeno. Third line center all day long in this league, I believe. Can he bump it to a second line? Time will tell. It may take a year or two to see that. All right, folks. Well, uh, as is obvious from this conversation there is a lot to be excited about for the upcoming hockey season so uh ken thanks so much for coming on and chatting with us about that of course we'll be doing this a bunch uh more soon and don't forget everyone uh the winged wheel podcast night at little caesars arena get your tickets now to uh have a portion of those proceeds benefit the jamie daniels foundation tune into the celebrity roast uh that ken mentioned before as well uh jamie daniels foundation.org for more, more information on that as well as the silent auction and everything else ken Thank you again for so much. Or thank you again so much. Good luck with uh, finishing up the move and uh, getting the pool switched over. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think it was my last weekend to swim. We had decent weather. But thanks to you guys for all you're doing uh, for the Jamie Daniels Foundation. Uh, we so much appreciate it, and I think it'll be a fun night, November 22nd. But we'll have uh, fun long before that against uh, Montreal at Little Caesars with you guys. So thanks a lot. Thanks. Okay, welcome back. Uh, that was our conversation with Ken Daniels. Again, thank you to Ken for uh, joining us on the show and uh, for the, uh, you know, constant reminder please check out jamiedanielsfoundation.org uh there's a lot of a lot of really great stuff going on in addition to the wing wheel podcast night event to uh, benefit that fantastic cause um okay training camp and prospect tournament uh news um the prospect tournament is taking place from september 16th to september 20th so that is obviously quick approaching and the training camp will be uh, on from September 23rd to 28th. The tournament and the camp will both be held at uh, Center Ice Arena. So that is a nice little return to both normalcy and hockey, which is really great to see. The big thing I think people were talking about was the prospect tournament roster. So it involves the Leafs, the Blue Jackets, the Stars, the Blues, and of course the Red Wings. Uh, for the forwards, Lucas Raymond. Uh, Jonathan Bergeron, uh, Cross Hannes, Chase Pearson, Hayden Verbeek, Pascal Zito, Cam Butler, uh, Davis uh, Cod. Don't who, you dare ever call him Davis Cod. Davis T-Bone Cod. T-Bone Cod. <laughs> <laughs> Cooper Walker, Luke uh, Toporowski, Patrick Curry, Kirill Chuchiev, and Joe Valeno. Defense, Jared McIsaac, Donovan Sabrango, Wyatt Newpower, Oscar Plandowski, Mason Ward, Alex Cotton, Adam Brubaker, or Brubacher, I'm not sure what he goes by, and goalies, Sebastian Kosa, Victor Bradstrom, and Jan Bednar, Bednash, sorry. Uh, so notable, notably missing, Mo Sider, and notably included, Joe Valeno. I don't think it takes a ton to read into what's going on there. No. Mo Sider's probably penciled into the opening night lineup joe valeno probably is not or at least joe valeno is way more on the bubble than cider is which did not take a rocket scientist to figure that out before and this uh list was released but yeah and joe valeno's line mates will be there in grand rapids uh lucas raymond and johnson berger and so what better way to get that chemistry rolling than at this prospect tournament that line is going to score a lot of goals this yeah. year yeah, and I think it makes sense. I mean, Mo Sider's played a lot of tough hockey. Like, you know, he's played pro hockey. And a lot of the Red Wings prospects have. Like, that's all Joe Valeno played. Um, but it's really important for Mo Sider to have a good year. As we just heard from Ken Daniels, like, it does not matter how good of a prospect you are. The situation you're in can dictate how your development goes, especially early on. I still believe in Rasmus Dahlin as a prospect, but he's not come out and exploded and blown the NHL away, even though he has the potential to. And that's because Buffalo is a shit deal right now. So the Red Wings understand that they're not a top team in the league. It's going to be hard for them to shelter him in terms of, you know, he's going to play with Nick Lidstrom because they used to be able to do that kind of thing. So you really have to protect him from injury. You have to protect his minutes. You have to protect his situations and you, you have to give him meaningful uh, development instead of just blind reps. And so, yeah, it would have been cool to see him at the prospect tournament. Sure. But it's like you said, it's a no brainer. It was really an act of charity um, <laughs> for all the other, for really all the protecting other protecting everyone else in there, all the forwards on every other team, their risk of their uh, likelihood of living through this tournament just went up exponentially. 
was it Rorschach from uh, Watchmen? You're stuck in here with me. <laughs> I probably butched that, but I butchered that. But um, <laughs> genuinely, like he mows over people. Also, oh hey, fan poll. Uh, Ken Daniels wants to know what to what term to use for the uh, for when cider runs someone over, mowed over, blindsidered, momentum. What's the new Cronwald? I don't know. I I got nothing. You guys are the creative folk. We're just the uh, the talky heads. Uh, okay. Mo- be- more hits. More hits. Side. Yeah, but you know, as a as a call, like yeah, it doesn't really work. Play by play on call. a singular hit. If he lines up two guys back to back, that'll work. Um. Oh, it's you're locked in here with me. Shit. I knew I messed it up. Anyhow, man. Sebastian Cosa will be really good to see in that term in that prospect tournament. Yep. It's you know, he's not playing against NHL players, but against really strong prospects from these teams. So we talked about it before. Goalies move slow through the system. But it'll be really exciting to see Sebastian Cosa move through the system. Costa better not go through the system slowly. If I'm being honest, he's a 15th overall pick who, due to a late birthday, was an overager for the draft, uh, who's AHL eligible in a year. Like, I'm not saying he should be fast-tracked if he's not able to be fast-tracked, but for a 15th overall pick, we better not be getting our first taste of him at 24, 25. I think we're going to see a quicker-than-usual goalie development with Costa. Yeah. I like. I would say he sh- he's got to be in Detroit three years Max one in the dub, one more in the dub, two in the A. Max. Um. Okay. And of course, McIsaac Sabrango. Um. Oh, yeah, there's a billion prospects to get excited about here. It's the the benefit of having a thousand draft picks over the last uh, however many years. Yeah, like even when you're looking at like guys like Plandowski, you're looking at guys like Alex Cotton. Like those are all depth late later round draft picks where you're like projects. Or, you know, Squally Zito. Yeah. Like, this is the opportunity. This is really the first opportunity for guys like that to shine. Do you remember, was it last season or the season before? It might have been last season where Joe Valeno really had a fantastic training camp, like a Red Wings training camp. Like, looked really, really good. Training camp and the Traverse City. I want to say it was him, Hiroshi, and I forget who the third player was on that line in Traverse City, but they, yeah, dummied that tournament and ended. I think they won the championship and like they had like, four goals in the final game or something like that. Yeah. He looked good. And and even in preseason, like that was, that was a really good showing. So yeah, I mean, I know the joke online is, you know, people doing play by play of preseason and prospect tournaments, but like, Hey Hey man, Valena looked good in his stint in Detroit last year. So this is where we're at. If if it was, if I were the decision maker, Valeno's on my Red Wings opening night roster, but I understand the benefits of not doing that. So it's fine. I'm not going to make a stink about it. If Lucas Raymond and Jonathan Bergen didn't exist, I would say it's more important to have him in Detroit. If he goes down to Grand Rapids, it just means I'll be watching a lot more of the AHL. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Pierre Dorian has declared that the Ottawa Senators rebuild is over. Boy, I'm sure glad they filled those holes in net and on defense and at forward. And uh, we can just write in the progression from all those 19 and 20-year-olds who will be stepping into the lineup. I'm. It's sure nice to be able to write that in blood. It's big, uh, I declare bankruptcy energy. <laughs> like Michael from The Office. Like It's big, I'm not owned, I'm not owned. Um, They don't have... 
one of their best players and probably like one of the two most important pieces of their core signed in Brady Kachuk right now. And that has not gone very far in terms of discussions, apparently. There's some days where it says it's getting warmer and some days where it's like they're not even close. Until a player does not step foot in the first day of training camp, I do not worry about stuff like this. That's fair. And I know I've been getting tweets every week about Giovanni Smith. Don't care. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter yet. Um, Brady Kachuk, obviously, far higher profile. So, says you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not worried about that, but... Yeah, I... Hey, don't get me wrong. Ottawa showed a lot last year in a weak division, but they definitely showed progression, which is good for them. Mm-hmm. I think they're improved this year. I think they're still very firmly entrenched in the middle of a rebuild, but uh, I'm also not a GM who just got a lengthy contract extension, so... You know what? In terms of that contract extension, I actually... I have a lot of sympathy for Pierre Dorian because, you know, Red Wings fans are going to be familiar with this because they're going to say the same thing happened with the Illiches and and Ken Holland. But with Pierre Dorian, he's at the whim of Eugene Melnick, who is has made some of objectively the worst moves for his hockey team, you know, crossing and weaving the business and real world dollars side of things into the hockey operations, which is almost always a bad thing when it comes to owners. And that has to be hard to work under. And as Ken mentioned, like you look retrospectively, he did real well with the Carlson trade. He did real well with a lot of decisions where did he want to be in that situation? No, he wishes Melnick would have paid for Carlson for stone for whoever. But now he's, I think at points he's actually done. Okay. I don't like his drafting, but that's on his scouts more than him. And really, he's trying to do his job with one hand tied tied behind his back. And he's done a fine job. I'm not going to say he's a good GM, but I'm also not going to say he's a bad GM because most of the shitty things the Senators did, i.e. trading anybody who's good, uh, that needed a raise, um, that wasn't at his discretion. No. That was probably not what he wanted to do. And in terms of returns on the trade, he's done more good than bad. Um, so it's fine. I just don't know why he declared the rebuild over. There's <laughs> there's no upside to saying that because... You know what it says if, to me? Mm, Melnick said we need to sell more tickets. That's exactly what it is. Because if they're bad this year, okay. Status quo. Nobody's really upset. It's what you expected. If they're good this year and they do make a playoff push and they are biting at the heels of, you know, Montreal or Boston or whoever or Florida, whoever is in that last playoff spot, then everybody's going to look at Pierre Dorian like, oh, my God, this team is way better than we thought. Great job. Now, if they're not in that spot, he's a failure. Yeah, that's he's put needless pressure on himself and pressure is not a bad thing, except when it's needless. Because Ottawa, I can't sit here. I know Ken was more optimistic than I was. I can't sit here and tell you definitively Ottawa's better than Detroit. I, I'd say they're better to do that. Are they, though? I'd, I'd say so. Who'd you take? Grace and Nadelkovic or fucking Matt Murray? And I don't even know who their backup is right now. Corner cap friendly, it's Anton Forsberg. Okay, so the Red Wings' definitive goalie advantage, I think. I like the Red Wings' defense better. Right. But I think, you know, Stutzla, Brady Kachuk, Drake Batherson, 
Colin White, Chris Tiern. Uh, uh. You got four players deep before you lost me, man. <laughs> I'm not. I I agree. Their offense is better than the Red Wings. I don't think it's that much better. And the Red Wings have a well-defined bottom five offense in this league. Like, I don't know. Look at Kachuk. Sure, I don't think the Red Wings have anybody as... I'm not going to say as good as Kachuk, but nobody that does what Kachuk does as well as Kachuk does. But Senators don't have a Larkin. They don't have a guy like Verana. I mean, Stutzler will get there, but I don't think he's going to be there this year. Batherson's good, but he's only going into his second year. Like, I agree Ottawa's forwards are probably better, but that's more of a depth thing than a top of the lineup thing. So I think Ottawa's much better coach than Detroit, and DJ Smith proved that with what he was able to do with that team in the second half of last year. But man, we are very we as Red Wings fans can sit here and say definitively. This is another rebuilding year. Our goal this year is Shane Wright. Yeah. Ottawa's saying the rebuild's over. And when you can't definitively say Ottawa is better than Detroit, that's not the right time to be making that proclamation. Again, I want this with the caveat. Unless something dramatic changes when I'm making my season predictions, I am probably ranking Ottawa ahead of Detroit. But like... By a point or two, not anything. They are not outside of the same tier. I think Drake Batherson's actually, in terms of games played, I pulled it up because I wasn't sure. He's going into his fourth season with Ottawa, but this would be his second full. Yeah, he he got his cup of tea for a yeah. couple of years. He did like 20 games for two years and then, yeah, 56 yeah, games yeah. last season. Anyhow, yeah, like you, you look at the way we're going back to the old divisions and in, in wild card. Not the old, old, because that'd be great, but... Divisions and then wild card spots. One of Boston, Tampa Bay, Toronto, or Florida is going to be in a wild card spot next season, most likely. Which yeah. is <laughs> say what you will about Toronto, and I, you know, I'll be the first to jump on the Toronto chokes in the playoffs. You know, we say they're a cup contender, and then they blow it against Dynamo Zug in the playoffs in the first round. Uh, but hey, the Senators have a Dynamo Zub. <laughs> Get out. Get out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't miss that one. No. It's the beer. You finished your beer. That's why. Um, no, but Toronto's obviously one of the most stacked, at least regular season teams. Tampa Bay, the best team in hockey right now. Boston, who you can you might say, you know, you lose David Krejci. You you go through the changes that they've gone through in the offseason. Are they getting better? I don't I don't bet against Boston typically. It usually bites me in the ass. And then Florida, who's building more and more like a cup contender every day. And then you have Montreal who isn't, you know, as good as those teams, not even remotely close, but is building themselves to be competitive in those games. Where does Ottawa fit in Pierre? Bad- battling for six with Detroit. That's the reality. Buffalo's a tier behind everybody in this division by a lot. Then you have Ottawa and Detroit in their kind of, uh, I don't even know what to call it. Shadow realm. And then the five teams actually competing for playoff spots. I would argue Montreal is closer to the Ottawa-Detroit tier than they are the other tier. But whatever, semantics, who cares? Doesn't matter for the purposes of this conversation. So, yeah, I don't know. And even if Montreal is as bad as I think they are and not what the national media thinks they are, there are no bad teams in the Metro. So it's not crazy to think they get two wildcard spots or at least one of them it's man ottawa there every year there's a team that gets to the playoffs that everybody's like how the hell did that happen mm-hmm. every year and ottawa is just as likely as any other team this year to be that team 
But when your best argument for them making the playoffs is, hey, every year a shitty team makes the playoffs, it still means they're a shitty team. Well, for Red Wings fans who want Shane Wright next season, uh, be thankful for Ottawa trying because that'll push them probably further up the standings and increase Detroit's lottery odds. Maybe we can give them Nick Letty at the deadline. If they want to pay. Yeah, by all means. Okay. Uh, that's probably good for this episode uh, before jumping into overtime. So overtime on the Wind Wheel podcast is, of course, always brought to you by our Patreon supporters. Uh, they're the reason this show has a heartbeat. They're the reason why we're able to do cool things like Wind Wheel podcast night at the LCA. And they're just generally good people who will live longer, uh, are better looking, and their faces are really, really symmetrical. Um, anyhow, thank your local Wind Wheel podcast patron. Wind Wheel podcast, or sorry, patreon.com slash Wind Wheel podcast. Uh, we're going to start with a question from Connor Dukes, who says, I just watched a video of his uh, growth in your changing opinion after re- your reaction to the cider pick on Reddit. It was fun to see him stay confident and ignore the naysayers. Does Mo Cider get a Calder nom? It is exceptionally hard for defensemen to get Calder recognition. I will say Mo Cider has it in him. If he doesn't, it's okay. Like we said with Ken, temper expectations don't hold this kid to that, but he has it in him. Bill Peters is uh, not a good human, but his theory of you don't know what a defenseman is for 200 NHL games proves to be true more often than it doesn't. So it's an uphill climb in terms of skill. Cider probably should be there and could be there because he'll get minutes in Detroit. And again, he's just really damn good. But forwards and points talk and I... I'm hard pressed to think Cider breaks 30 points this year. Like I think 25 points would be a spectacular I'd season for him. Moon. <laughs> like I'm, I've, God, that might have led him in Red Wings defensive scoring last year, honestly. But um, yeah, so a, I don't think he's going to come in and blow the doors off this league like most Red Wings fans think he will, and that's fine. That's what the expectation should be. Um. But even if he does, he's a defenseman who's not going to put up a ton of points. So that's just the reality of it. The human highlight reel he turns into will work in his favor. I will say that. The hits will make people notice. If he's dishing them out because we he's going to play for a coach that's generally risk averse. That's fair. He's not going to want him stepping up in the neutral zone and leaving odd man rushes behind him. So – and. Honestly, NHL players generally just tend to be bigger than players in every other league. So, yeah. Uh, okay. Egg Roll Boy 5 says, I've been listening to you guys, or new patron. So, thank you, Egg Roll Boy. Uh, really appreciate your support. Welcome to the Dub Dub family. And uh, yeah, no, I love hearing about how people started listening to us. And like, I love hearing about how, how people listen to us, like delivering pizzas, like while I work. Um, you know, some people are like, I put you on at night and my kid falls asleep, which is both a compliment and an insult. And I really appreciate that. No, honestly. Uh, thank you. So I've been listening uh, since the 2019 draft, but recently got a new job with better pay. So I thought I'd support the boys. Hey, congrats. That's awesome. And um, thanks for making us part of that. It really means a lot. Heard a rumor Eichel could be going to the Kings for three young players who would have made the opening night lineup. What could the return be? And is Byfield untouchable? For Jack Eichel, Byfield better not be untouchable because Jack Eichel's the top 10 player in the world when healthy. And I always laugh at these trade, uh, not, what do you, what do you want to call them? Trade proposals yeah. from fans where one of the best players in the world 
is on the block and it's like, oh, you can't touch our top three prospects. That's not how this works. I'll say again, though, normal Eichel, you're right. Eichel with this there risk. There is the risk. Yeah, yeah. I think Byfield is genuinely untouchable in this scenario. And I don't I think don't LA think, is wrong to do it. I don't. I wouldn't do it if I was LA because of the risk. But if you're trading for Eichel, you have to have some level of confidence that he's going to be Eichel or else you're not making the trade at all. Alex Turcotte. Arthur Maybe you Kalev. don't. If Byfield's included, it's probably not three pieces. It's probably just Byfield. Yeah. But um, an LA has a farm system deep enough where they can get away with it. Because obviously, to relate this back to the Red Wings, it's like when the Red Wings fans say, oh, I trade for Eichel, but there's no way I give up cider in that trade. Like, I'm sorry. That's not how this works. You want one of the best players in the world. You have to give up a really goddamn good player. Um, LA still has Turcotte, Kaliev, and a billion other guys they can give up and keep byfield and still meet buffalo's asking price not every team is in that situation but yeah i if any team's in a position to do it la makes the most sense i think if you we had to hypothesize i think turcott's in there turcott would have turcott and kaliev would have to be in there i don't think it's a conversation starter with at least those two turcott kaliev and then one of leah anderson kapari sam fajamo fagamo fagamo Akil Thomas. There's a lot of guys who can work in here. That's yeah. a deep system, man. Yeah, it's crazy how good their system is. Um, okay. Cody Stark says, can't wait for the uh, Wing Wheel podcast night, boys. Last game I was at the LCA for was the 2019 New Year's Eve shutout of the Sharks. That was the only shutout of the year for that season's Red Wings. Then I got hammered at Tommy's Bar Detroit. Hell yeah. Uh, Mark Likes Hockey says, looking forward to the game. Section 219 for the win. Yeah, if you guys are going, uh, tweet at us. I want to know what section everyone's sitting in, just because it's fun to see. Uh, Michael Barry says, Evan, how much money did Brad borrow from you so he could buy his way onto the new team? Yeah, Evan's actually the owner. How do you think I got on there? Yeah. Uh, hope you guys are well. What percentage do you think Eisenman would trade Letty during the season? 75. I'll give it closer to 50-50. Mm, the I'm only go the, north of 50 just because it's a one-year. There's only two realities I see where Letty doesn't get traded, and that's where my 25% is. The Red Wings are unexpectedly in the hunt for a playoff spot, which I think is the least likely of the scenarios, and two, Letty's just hurt. Other than that, he's gone. Um, okay. Uh, Harry Perry says, hey, boys, new patron here. Thanks for the distraction from the upcoming nightmare that is the Lions season. Hey, man, as a Lions fan, solidarity. I have a numbness, so I'm actually pretty happy. I have other sports to be mad about, but yeah. It- I'm 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 a baseball guy right now. <laughs> Why, Brad, uh, no Bills talk today? Oh no! Uh, they they put up twenty two to uh, twenty four today, and by they I'm talking no twenty two twenty two, and by them I'm talking about the Blue Jays. <laughs> uh, if you were forced to unretire any three Red Wings numbers, who would it be? Unretire? Uh, yeah, I'm not doing that. I choose death. Yeah, that's. I feel like that's just casting a curse on this on uh, this podcast. You know what? I'm going to say Del Vecchio just to see Evan's reaction. Yeah, that's true. I, I, that's a fight that I am absolutely ready to be a part of. I love Del Vecchio and I wouldn't bring his number down, but it would piss Evan off. And I'm always in favor of that. The, um, the what's it called? The shadow retirement of 1340 and 91, even though they're not officially retired, just to see the chaos. I think all three should be retired. Um, should be retired tomorrow. 
Excuse me. Max one million dollars says new patron here. Um, I wrote you guys a few weeks ago about my son being in the natal intensive care unit. I'm pleased to update. Oh, this is an amazing update. Pleased to update you that he's been home for almost two weeks now. He's healthy and breathing entirely on his own. I really appreciated the mention on the pod. Uh, like I said on Reddit, spending hours and hours and day after day, essentially looking at numbers on a screen. Surrounding in beeps and boops can make the days feel longer. During one of my most difficult times, listening to the previous seasons and old takes was entertaining and helped me go less mad than I might have otherwise. So truly thank you. I've uh, been meaning to come, become a supporter for a while and this gave me the push. Uh, so my question to keep on this theme is ask you about a time you face adversity and push through. Uh, can keep it to playing hockey if too personal. <laughs> Every time I step on the ice. No. Uh. <laughs> oh, man. I can't narrow it down because that's been my whole goddamn life. Honestly, I've not had the easiest time up until, well, fuck, ongoing still. Cause yay, hey, we're in the middle of a pandemic and I can't afford houses in this like billion dollar region we now live in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll keep it, I'll keep it light uh, in hockey. Uh, having to go basically like the last two years without playing competitive hockey. Cause my, Last season ended with my shoulder injury. And then I was on the ice for two weeks before the pandemic shut everything down. So I'll, I'll shamelessly brag right, brag right now. Like last season, it was a goddamn miracle that I even made the semi pro league that I made then because I played nothing but beer league hockey for 14 years leading up to that point and ended up at tryouts by accident just to go along with a buddy. And then to have that season end five games in because of a fluke one in a million injury like shoulder dislocations are common but how it happened was a fluke then going two more years without competitive hockey and then walking on to a better team in a better league that's going to be my story for now just because it's very recent i'm uh i'm bad first of all uh max um i'm i'm really 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 happy to hear about your son i've been thinking about that and i've been waiting for the update so that's really that is really good i do feel like we need to apologize for him listening to all our old bad takes (laughs) to get through like i've people sometimes bring up stuff like oh you said this on a podcast three years ago and i'm like man i would smack me how how could i have been so wrong it's a product of talking twice a week like you're gonna say a lot of shit that's wrong Oh my god! And especially with the Red Wings in a rebuild, like it's so much prospecting stuff. Remember, I didn't like Kirby Doc that much. Fucking moron. <laughs> um, uh, my answer to this is a simple one, which is I I can't ever talk about any adversity I went through. Uh, my parents did the hard part. They immigrated here before I was born. Escaped a really, really, you know, it would have been a shit situation in the Middle East. Um, you know, they were a perse- persecuted ethnic group and, and they did the hard part. They put everything on the line, started a new life in a, in a strange place in a foreign country. And, you know, I was born here and uh, was all the better for it. And I owe that to them. So I'm uh, really bad at answering that question because it all seems like small fries to them. They're the ones who, who worked hard so I could be here. Also putting up with bread every day. <laughs> <laughs> That's the true adversity. Uh, Ghost of Podcast Pass says, please know how awesome you all are. Truly a force of good in my life, even during troubling times. Post-surgery, I listened to your podcast while drugged up on Vicodin. Why do people listen to us while they're going through traumatic events? We're only going to make it worse. Because <laughs> it reminds you that it can always get worse. That is the best reason I've heard for that. It was seriously one of the only things keeping my sanity. The thing is that I love... Uh, 
the thing that I love most is when you talk about uh, what you're passionate about, be it Red Wings teams of the past, gear or equipment uh, or prospects or even just golf and house updates. Keep up the awesome work. Cider is actually a good analogy of you guys. I went in listening to this podcast thinking it was going to be a totally subpar production, but it has developed into a star podcast. Reactions to various signings by blowing it up to be the biggest news since Gretzky retired might be <laughs> uh, might seem to some to be a flaw of yours, but I like how it gives me an in-depth analysis of everything involved. <laughs> Video podcasts are hard to do as well. And I think you'll hit your stride soon. I think I see the pattern here. Just know that we'll all support. Yeah, we'll all support you. And we love you. How much effort you put into this podcast. Now read the first word of every sentence. Is it a Rickroll? Please post the cider reaction video now. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, Ice Hockey Gifts on Twitter actually did a phenomenal cider video, which uh, featured our reactions, Brad. I remembered my reaction being more dramatic than it was. And I was slightly disappointed. Yeah, it was it was very much like you could tell I was unhappy with the pick, but like I didn't. I just kind of looked tired and sad, <laughs> which is just kind of my like general state, honestly. Um, Matt S says, can't wait to join you guys on the 13th. Bought a ticket in the same section as my actual season tickets. Any reason why Cider? Oh, we talked about Cider not attending the tournament. Keep up the good work as always, Dub Dubs. Misconduct Racing says, got my tickets for the Wind Wheel podcast night at the LCA. My wife has a crush on Evan, but maybe if Shea Weber's in the building, she'll leave us both for him. Oh my God, he's not going to be playing. <laughs> I never realized the opportunity we missed. Oh, and he probably won't travel either. No. Man. Uh, we're going to have to get to a Vegas game. That's going to be our next, our next best bet. Yeah. Lars, the prophet of the Tower Behemoth, says, as I write this, there's still three hours left until the 49ers absolutely stomp the Lions. Hey, it wasn't an absolute stomp at the end. It only was for a little bit. Then you were scared, Lars. There was football today? Yeah. Who knew? Oh, who knew? Uh, if you thought the SHL season would start with a bang for Wings prospects, sadly, that wasn't the case. Niederbach and Lord Elmer with both sub-10 minutes and Dower Nielsen was the unused extra attacker in Fulunda's game. Wallander wasn't playing, but is apparently day-to-day. Edvinson was looking good and had an assist, but as a whole, Fulunda had a lackluster performance. Great choice picking Habs for the meetup. I wish I could be there to celebrate the win. Yeah, we really did kind of luck out in the game we picked turned out to be like the evil villains of the NHL. Yeah. That's, that's some beautiful timing. Mohit Cider says, I've been getting really into pro wrestling lately and decided to do some searching to see if there was any local indie shows coming up. And it turns out there is. The ICW No Holds Barred is bringing their deathmatch circus show to Fenton, Michigan with special guest Darren McCarty. Not sure if he'll be in the ring or what, but now I have to go. So my question is, who wins a pro wrestling style three-man match? With prime Darren McCarty, prime Bob Probert, and current Tom Wilson. Probert. I got to go Proby there. Probert. Love Darren. It's Probert. Probert. You can make an argument Probert's the all-time heavyweight king in the NHL. Like, you can't bet against that. Um, Evans Bingo Card says, if the following players retired right now and didn't play another game, are they Hall of Famers? All right. Yes or no? McDavid. McDavid is on reputation and like the reputation would fill in the rest. I'm going to say yes, because he's got multiple hearts and art Rosses. And for me to be a hall of famer, you have to be the very best for at least a few years. And he's already been there. Dry No. Bergeron. Yeah. Yeah. Kessel. I'm going to say no, but it's closer than I would have thought. Kucherov. No, this is tough. Not yet. He will be, but I don't think he's 
Vasilevsky's the last one. No, not yet. These are all, almost all these guys I think will be, but as of now, no. Jake Bloom says, what do you think is the ideal playoff format for the NHL? Happy with the current system, or do you think qualification and seeding should be done differently? One to eight per conference reseed final four. Yeah, I'll agree with that. I was iffy on reseeding final four, but I'm, I've come around to it. I really, really, really miss one to eight seeding in the conference because it just made for some, you want to create playoff rivalries. That's how they'll come about. I have grown on a play in series. I don't think it's ideal yet. Um, to kind of steal how basketball does it nine and 10 get in on a, playoff bubble they have to play each other in a a best of one one winner take all winner plays eight in a best of two series on aggregate and then so eight seed only has to win one game to get in whereas one of the lower seeds would have to win uh three games essentially to get into the playoffs so eight seed still has that advantage but yeah yeah um, Bill Nye, the thigh guy says, Hey, dub dub boys with our roster figured out. Now, do you think we will win, uh, less than 40 games or more than 30? I'm on the side of more than 30 since we plugged so many holes and I'm optimistic for the young guys. I'm just trying to do some quick math in my head. Cause I figure they're going to finish about 75 to 80 points. So I think that's more than 30. Yeah. I'll go for more than 30. Uh, hockey trivia. Who was the Red Wings captain before Eisenman answer? Hidden. Okay, I won't look. I actually know this one because someone's asked this before. So do I. Is Danny Gare? I didn't think so. I thought it was Reed Larson. Uh, Red Wings captains. Let me look that up. I thought it was Reed Larson. I know he was the captain, but he might not have been the last one before Eiserman. I just remember people asking us this all the time before as like a skill testing question. I've actually gotten it wrong. Um, hold on. Steve Eisman, Steve Eisman, Steve Eisman. It was Danny Gare. Yeah. Okay. It was Reed Larson uh, from 80, 1980, 81, and then 81 and 82. And then Danny Gare took over for one, two, three, four seasons before Eisman. Okay. Yeah. So I was one too early. Jake Jarvis is bringing my girlfriend to her first game at the LCA. Uh, unfortunately, we can't make the dub dub night. I only sat in the upper bowl. Have any of you sat in the mezzanine? Yes. Yeah. Love the mezzanine. It was great. Mezzanine's awesome. It was great. Josh Terrell says, tougher contract negotiation. Elias Pedersen or Brad Crisco? <laughs> Congrats on listing them back up, buddy. Uh, Elias Pedersen, for sure. Like, I didn't have any contract. It was like, please let me stay. That was my contract <laughs> negotiation. Uh, yeah, I was his agent. I got a 30% cut, and then the 70, other 70% went back to the team. Thanks for the 40 bucks, buddy. What is 30% of nothing? <laughs> my uh the minimum fee of 40 dollars. yeah i think i i got a zero zero aav and a free t-shirt that's uh the official contract uh sam w says even though he could benefit from adapting to north american ice and grand rapids what do you think are the chances raymond makes the wings and gets larkin one year treatment as in favorable zone starts and being insulated by larkin himself i'm gonna say pretty low this year um honestly it it's the boring answer but what happens with valeno bergeron and raymond this year is going to be largely dependent on the health of the 14 forwards who are quote-unquote the projected roster um yeah i'm not gonna say it's impossible it's weird to say with the red wings but they actually have a lot of worthy players in the lineup right now it'll be hard to bump those players out yeah all 14 
All 14 of the projected forwards minus Luke Witkowski are all NHL caliber forwards, which has not been the case for a while. They're not upper echelon NHL forwards by and large, but they're legitimate NHL forwards. So, you know, baby steps. Ryan Dodd says, hypothetically, if you guys made the NHL, what would be your number preferred team outside of the wings and honest predicted draft ranking? Keep up the great work. Well, draft ranking would be the last in the draft because mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, can't play for Detroit. I would wear number 19 and I would go to Vegas. I'd want to wear 14 for Brendan Shanahan. Um, I play defense, so does that make sense? Absolutely not, but still. Uh, I'd go Vegas. I'd go either Florida team. I If I'm not going Vegas, uh, if I can't pick Vegas for whatever reason, I am absolutely going to one of the California teams. California teams. I'm going to California before I go to Florida. Or the Rangers. That's a level of crazy I don't need in my life. <laughs> Rangers is a good one because that New York bias is like real. That is a oh, yeah. fun town. Uh, Hassam Al-Kassem says, got my tickets for the Winged Wheel podcast night. Excited to see everyone again. Jeremiah Dobo says, hi, Brad. As a fellow Wings fan, I'm sorry about the Bills today. But as a Steelers fan, I'm not sorry. Hashtag here we go. Don't, yeah, don't be sorry. Don't say sorry. Say thank you. Our coaches gifted you that game. Drake, I mean, what game? <laughs> Drake Moore says, how late do you think the meetup will run? Not going to hold you to it. Just want to know what to tell my parents since they don't want me out super late. Uh, I got a feeling it's going to be a late one. It's going to be a late night. Knowing our listeners, whether or not it's one of the ones we're directly involved in, I feel like when we're done at the arena, we're probably not going to be done. <laughs> uh, also, Drake, seriously, check out the um, the Ice Hockey Gifts video. He's on Twitter and YouTube. Does a really good job of showing both our reactions as well as the progression of the... Um, yeah, that was a really good video. Yeah. Um, I found the video update. I found the video because I had to send uh, Ice Hockey Gifts the footage, but now I just have to cut it because it's part of the whole thing. The nice thing about the video is you can see my progression. Yeah. As to what I thought about Sire as we went. Uh, CNOD says, hey, guys, I've been listening to two years of your podcast. Uh, for, for each of you, what was the first holy crap we made it moment? And you can't say working with the wings. Oh, it's got to be talking to Nick Lidstrom. It's absolutely Nick Lidstrom. Um, Vi Brader. God damn it. <laughs> you're like Ron Burgundy where you're going to read whatever they put in front of you. Yeah, I never thought I'd be this person, but here I am. It says, hey guys, wondering what if any information has come out regarding possible changes to the way Detroit develops its players since Eisman came on board. Um, You know, it's limited. I, I know they had their higher... Um, They've really focused on on fitness and strength training. They had a really bad route of injuries over a few years. And so a lot of focus was putting on um, fitness and strength training, off-season building and development, maintenance throughout the season, that kind of thing. Um, Sean Horkoff and Chris Draper have obviously taken much bigger roles, especially in Draper's case. Yeah, I, I don't know what else in terms of. From a broad view, I haven't really noticed any dramatic changes. I think there's a little more emphasis, like you said, on fitness. And from what I can tell, skill, like they focus on certain things, like uh, most recent example being Rasmussen and his skating. Um, beyond that, though, it, it doesn't seem super dramatic. And let's be honest, that's not one of the things the Red Wings were 
bad at under the under Holland's administration. They weren't near the top of the league in that department, but they also weren't near the bottom. So yeah, it wasn't in need of overhaul, and I don't think it did get overhauled. Yeah, is Mike Barwis like he has his own um, outfit, and I, I think they hired him on. I can't remember the exact title. I'm trying to find it here. Director of Sports Science and Human Performance. That's what it is. Um, okay. Nick Geyer says, at least when the Red Wings were bad, I expected it. But being a Packers fan and watching that monstrosity today, I might have to check into therapy. I actually don't know what happened in that game. I believe Love checked in at quarterback at some point. That's how bad it was. Wow. Yeah. I w- and I was upset after the game. Um, I Nick, if you're watching on YouTube and you saw my smile as I read about the Packers' misfortunes, um, I'm sorry it's embedded in my DNA. So. Who did they play? I actually have no idea. Packers game. I like how this podcast. Oh, the Saints. Yeah, they got. Oh, they're that. the one who Jameis put up five TDs on 148 yards. Yeah, 38 to three. Did they keep turning it over at the 30? Like, how does Jameis get five touchdowns on all on 14 completions? Over uh, a third of his touchdown uh, of his pass. Sorry, over a third of his completed passes ended up in the end zone. We're gonna move on. Sorry, because this is going to be a funny one. Vax Wax and ready for the Lions to let me down like they do every year. Says, hey, fellas, uh, what it was uh, like to be a Red Wings fan in the 90s and 2000s, preying on weaker teams' rosters and poaching almost whoever was on the trading block. And now the Rangers bloggers are suggesting the same thing with Larkin, and immediately I fly off the handle. What? How dare they even suggest such a preposterous thing? But that's just how it is when you're at the bottom of the standings. Fantasy football update and the unofficial Winged Wheel Podcast Patreon League. My team, the Big Fat Nothing Burgers, has exceeded today's expectations over my opponent. Soft dump in the corner. (laughs) Looking forward to Monday night. Hey, cop guy, I've got Josh Allen as my money league starter. What the deuce happened today? I also want to know because he's my starter. Do you guys want an actual answer? Because I could go in detail about everything that our offensive coordinator fucked up today. Pardon my uh, language, but uh, it's a long goddamn list. Josh was fine. Like he wasn't one of his better games, but he made a lot of ridiculous passes today. Sure wish they would have let him do it more. And, you know, maybe scheme up some blocking. Maybe throw it farther than six yards. No, this, I'm going to go on too long. Go to the next question. <laughs> Red Wings uh, or Twitter. Sorry, Reddit question. Jeez. Red Wings 1023 says, I'll give each of you a US dollar if you can convince Ken to replace bad take Brad on the pod during the summer months. Thank for the, thanks for the consideration. Signed an angry Larkin stand. I knew you'd catch very worthy heat for that from the last episode. I didn't say. Wasn't that a Patreon exclusive? Was it? No, I don't. Yeah, it was our it was our crazy take episode. Are you sure? Yeah, because like it wasn't something I would advocate to do, but you said let's get weird, so I got weird. Oh well. Anyways, what you let's get weird, and then I present a weird yet hot take in a scenario where it could work, and then get roasted for it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you not y'all not read the rules? Listen, I have so many bad takes on actual episodes that I should get roasted for. That's not one of them. That was the parameters of the episode. <laughs> Did I put bad in a bad position? Absolutely. Will I throw him under the bus? Yeah. And holy moly, what a goalie. Also is calling for the cider video. Okay, here's the deal. Um, life is a little upside down right now with things that are not even remotely hockey or podcast related. Just work 
Uh, Brad has two kids. Evan is moving and focusing his priorities on the things that matter in a move, like a hot tub. If I hear one more thing. Dude, like, when he's here, we're going to punch him in the neck right at the same time. <laughs> like Power Rangers, like one, two, three, huh, like right in the, like, the throat. I love Evan. And like, I'm happy when Evan's happy. And when good things happen to Evan, like I'm happy for him. But when he proudly posted that picture of his fucking hot t- Sorry for my language, but like, it's just one of those days. <laughs> When he posted that picture of that goddamn piece of cement in his backyard, I was so tempted to just respond. I cannot emphasize enough how little I fucking care about this piece of concrete in your backyard. Man, I... I like. You have two kids who need so much money. I had to pull money out of one of my stocks to pay for Mika's hockey this year, man. I don't care about your hot tub. (laughs) Jesus Christ. For anyone who's long holding on GME, that's why that dipped. Anyhow. Uh... Yes, we will. If that clears the moment, I promise you, the moment I have the free time, I will make that priority one. The first time I have something to do that's not... Work, podcast, or just turning my brain off for 10 seconds. I swear to God, I'll cut that video for everyone. Okay. Um, God, I hope this is the one episode I've been listening to. uh, Because I have to now drive Brad to the hospital to check for an aneurysm, I'd like to (laughs) wrap up this episode of the Winged Wheel Podcast. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Thank you, Ken Daniels, for joining us. Uh, I'd like to thank all of our name-level Patreon supporters. Arjun Shanker, uh, as always, I'm sorry for not messaging you back fast enough. Um, uh, Eves Bartels on behalf of the Sarah Grand Foundation, Kyle Karagitz, Nick Perks, Brett Bailey, Terry Driver of Crying Ryan, Hannah's Banana Slam, Jamathong, Taylor Tagel, 6.1 million offended old man, old men, uh, and pizza, Brandon M, Carl Brutana Nanaluski, Citizen High Five, CJ Sully, uh, who's a new name level sponsor, CJ. Jeez, thank you so much. Clayton Van Dyken, Craig Kibble, Derek Enstam, DJ Denton, Give Blood Fight Probert, Greech, Hana Lee, Hassam Al-Qasem, Jacob Turner, Jake Kiefer, James, Jeremiah Dobo, Justin and the Angry Mob. I believe James is a new name level sponsor as well. Kaylin Wood, King Tone, Cody Stark, Kyle Hashman, Kyle McClure, Matt McKay, Matthew M. Rice, R.A., Ryan Hubbard, Scott Martin, Stacy Lynn, Stove Iser Plan, Joe Santangelo, Zach Spring, Andrew Bohan, Sam Bankson, Adam, I wish I could finish like Ernie, Antonio Gracias, Colorado 14ers, Connor Leighton, currently out of name ideas, Dave W, Evans Bingo Card, Jeremy Brocker, John Evans, Josh Yelton, Kevin McCracken, Quaz, Matt Keeler, Max $1 million, Revy DeLuca, who I believe is also a new name level sponsor as well as Max $1 million, Trevor Pevavar, Vax Wax and Ready for the Lions to let me down like they do every year. We have a new name level sponsor all the way down from Iran, Souk Madik. This is a gift sponsorship from Souk's lovely wife, Licka. <laughs> oh, Reed, you're killing me. Zach Handyside and Zach McCann, a driving range superstar. <laughs> Talk to you lunatics later. We'll see ya. Thanks for tuning in to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Be sure to check out wingedwheelpodcast.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll also find links to other ways to support the show, such as Patreon, official podcast apparel, and more. And don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at Winged Wheel Pod. And of course, the hosts at Brad Crisco, at Ryan Hanna WWP, and at Hockey Town Evan.